Father, we thank you and praise you and honor you and glorify you tonight uh, for who you are. You are um, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You're the master. Uh, you, you are holy. That's who you are. You um, just continue to overwhelm us with your presence and with your love. And I just want to express gratitude to you this evening and thank you and praise you and bring you honor and glory. Thank you for your Ruach HaKodesh who guides us into all truth. And thank you for teaching us about your Ruach HaKodesh, uh, your Holy Spirit, in this study. I ask you tonight to speak through me to bring us revelation knowledge so that our eyes can be open to the understanding of who you are and what your purpose is in our lives and how we also can walk in that same spirit, the spirit of the Lord, as we go through our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do and accomplish through this series and through this evening. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, Amen. I have... Um, really learned a lot myself throughout this study. You know, a lot of times the teacher ends up learning more <laughs> than the students because, you know, we kind of get, uh, you know, some of that, that knowledge and then try to um, help other people understand what it is that we've gotten and then kind of struggle sometimes with, hey, did I say everything that needed to be said and, and that type of thing. One of the things that, that looking at this study <clears throat> of uh, the Ruach HaKodesh that I have seen is the importance of mentorship in the Holy Spirit. You saw that with Moses and Joshua. Joshua was at his side. Joshua learned from Moses and Moses' example, and we talked about that. We talked about uh, a couple weeks ago Elijah and Elisha, and how Elisha uh, learned from Elijah and ended up producing double than what Elijah produced as far as you know miracles go. And then we've also seen, um, you know, and we'll see tonight <clears throat> how Yeshua continued to produce miracles and then later his disciples as they learned from him. But it's important to, to, to see and, and to understand that when we spend our personal time with the Lord,
The Ruach HaKodesh, the word says, is the one that guides us into all truth. So he can be a mentor to us. I've spoken a few times about how um, I didn't have answers. And I asked the Lord, and all of a sudden, I had answers. What is that? That's mentorship. That's myself submitting myself, not to a higher power. We want to be careful with those words. But submitting myself to the Lord, who has all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the understanding, and Him mentoring me through the pathway of life to do such things as learn how to be a husband. I'm still learning that, by the way. Uh, learn how to be a, a good father. I'm still learning that, by the way. Learn how to be a good co-worker and a good worker and be in the marketplace and be an example, uh, a good example, of um, you know, what it's like to have the mentorship from the Ruach HaKodesh. You follow me? So, tonight <clears throat> we're talking about uh, Yeshua going from receiving the mantle to modeling the mantle. But I want to tell you a few, just a few really quick stories um, because we're going to talk about some of the miracles that, um, that Yeshua did. But personal stories that we've seen in our lives, uh, not, to, not to, to tout, you know, the shofar and say, look at us or anything like that. Just to, just to show you a few examples of things that have been miracles in our lives, in, in our life, life, lives, in the history of my family, since being married to my wife, that God has done. <clears throat> so, when our son was in his mother's womb, we got a report from the doctor saying that there was a chance that he would have spinal bifida. So, we prayed, we fasted, we sought the Lord, and we believed that that was not going to happen. Sure enough, it didn't happen. He was healthy. Oddly enough, I don't know if he still has it or not because I haven't seen him naked in, you know, 17 or 18, 19 years. <clears throat> but he had this little, little look like scar type thing on the back of his, on the small of his back. And we wondered, wow, what is this? You remember that? That's a miracle. There was a time when we went to, uh, on a skiing trip, we were taking some, some youth, and um, went to North Carolina, had a great time. It was snowy and icy and all those things. I knew how to drive in the snow because being from Tennessee, they thought that I had all the knowledge about driving in the snow, right? So I was driving, we had a big bus with all the kids and 
And, uh, you know, some of the parents would ride in there. And then I drove a, a van, a 15-passenger van. So when I, I drove it, we had, couldn't take the bus up and down these huge, huge hill because it was icy and that type of thing. We made it through that. Well, we're leaving to go home, and we're coming down the mountain. So as we're coming down the mountain, I notice there are a couple things. One, every parent is in the van with me except for two kids who were in the back. And all the children were in, on the bus. I don't know why they decided to do that, um, but they did. It was probably pretty crazy on the bus. So I'm in the van, I'm driving, I'm behind the bus, and I kept noticing that I would get closer and closer and closer to the bus because I had it all the way down in first gear. So we're getting very, very close, and I say, hey, baby, talking to my wife, Dee Dee. Uh, Pam is her sister. She's sitting behind her. And I said, we're going to tap the back of the bus. If I had put on the brakes, the ice would have smacked us right in the back of the bus. Oh, and by the way, there's a ravine on the right-hand side where there is no guardrail and all there are are trees and it's a straight drop-off. So uh, Dee's sister goes, Oh my gosh! Lynn said he's going to tap the bus! And everybody's like, Oh, you know, and I said, Look, what we need to do right now is we need to pray. And so immediately everyone started praying and fasting. It's kind of a joke. Anyway, they did pray. We didn't have any other choice but to fast, so that was just kind of thrown in there. Anyway, so as we get closer and closer and closer to the bus, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, the van goes out into the other side of the road. This is a two-lane road, and I see lights, Volvo lights, hit me directly in the face, and that's when everybody starts to scream, ah! and to this day, I still don't know how it happened, but we got back into the other lane with enough distance between my vehicle and the bus for the remainder of the journey. No one was hurt. It's as if an angel or the Lord himself, I don't know which, God was involved definitely, but we did not hit the bus. That's a miracle. There was another time when we were living in uh, Mobile and we were living in a fifth-wheel camper. This is about six years ago. All five of us, we lived in it for about a year. It was a great time. <laughs> we really did become very tight-knit after that, and I really see that, saw the hand of the Lord in it. But it was a very stormy night, and... Um, when I say very stormy, there were tornadoes in the area. So we had the, the TV on, and it's going, and all of a sudden, we feel the wind start to pick up, 
And there's a sighting that comes over the news that says, in Sims, Alabama, there's a tornado. And my middle child, Madison, ran and got her Bible. And she handed it to me. And she said, praise Psalm 91, Daddy. So I prayed Psalm 91. Actually, what I did is I declared and I decreed. And then I spoke against those tornadoes. And about that time, as I prayed, I prayed that they would be broken up, that they would, they would begin to diminish, that they would go back up into the air, and that no one would be hurt, not just our family, because it's not just about us. Immediately it kind of was. <laughs> but all of a sudden, the newscaster says, we're not sure what just happened, but the tornadoes just kind of broke up, and they went up in the air. That is the presence of the Ruach HaKodesh in your life. And we see it through Yeshua modeling the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh. And that's part of the place where we're supposed to be as believers. Part of this study is not just so that we can learn and gain knowledge just for the sake of knowledge of operating and walking in the Ruach HaKodesh and how the saints of old did that. The intent and purpose of the study is that we... As the people of God would begin to walk and operate in that same mantle that is available for each one of us today. Restoration has been restored through the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh. And we've seen it throughout this study. We've seen healing. We've seen deliverance. We've seen the presence. We've seen dominion. Which are the things that Yeshua bought back for us so that we too can walk in that way. And we've mentioned, didn't Yeshua say, greater things shall you do. Yes, he did. He did, but there is a learning, there is a mentoring that has to take place and our willingness to be able uh, to humble ourselves to say, Lord, we need your help. Teach us how to also walk in your ways. As mentioned last week, John the Baptist said, the one who's coming after me will baptize you with the Ruach and with fire. Shouldn't we be the burning ones? The light that's on a hill. Or how about a light in the woods that's so bright that 
people from all around the wooded area can even see it. I do think that we fail to overlook sometimes that divine wisdom, divine love, grace, mercy, redemption, and compassion are also miracles that happen. Not, not miracles as in like, you know, legs growing out and, and, and the blind seeing, but those are miracles of the workings of the Ruach HaKodesh in our lives. How many times have, have you prayed, like, we, like I said, uh, mentioned a, a few minutes ago, how many times have we prayed for divine wisdom and all of a sudden we knew what to do? We just knew what to do. Or someone else, we're asking the Lord for wisdom and someone else has the answer and we're just in a discussion and all of a sudden we know what to do. That happens. So I want to start with, uh, we're going to be in the, in the book of Matthew tonight. And we see where Yeshua received the mantle. And we see how Yeshua overcame uh, temptation. Matthew 4. You know that, that that is a Matthew chapter four is a fantastic teachable moment for us as well for us to learn how to overcome the temptation of the enemy. I haven't mentioned this here, but I mentioned it one time before when I was teaching. Somewhere, <clears throat> I was uh, I had gone to a place where I was wanting to sin and was being overcome with that. And it had to do with pornography. I'm, I'm going to be real, okay? So I got tired. You know, every now and then, we just need to get tired of ourselves. Right? We need to get tired of being tired of giving into temptation and, and those type of things. So I went and I sat on the edge of my bed. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing this. And I said, Lord, your word says... That those who wait on the Lord, their strength will be renewed. And I'm going to wait. I sat down, crossed my arms. I was like this on the edge of the bed. And do you know that probably 10 or 15 seconds, not minutes, not hours, the temptation went away. If we will just pause long enough in the midst of temptation and do like our example that Yeshua said, 
and wait on the Lord to renew our strength, the power of the Ruach HaKodesh will come in and will take over if we will submit to Him. And that's what we see in Matthew chapter 4. Yeshua was standing up and there were other purposes there, but one of those purposes was to show everyone else that we can overcome temptation. That's one of the things that the power of the Ruach does in our lives and that we see as a, something that Yeshua modeled. So, I, as I was looking at this study, and I was thinking about some things that the Lord had done in my life, and, in, and, and looking at, at Yeshua, He doesn't immediately run out and just start, start speaking over people and laying hands on people and, you know... Everybody's healed and, you know, the, the Holy Spirit has got everybody in the, in the synagogue slain and they're all barking like dogs and that kind of stuff. Here's some of the things that we begin to see. We begin to see in uh, Matthew 4, 17. This is after his temptation, and of course after his baptism and receiving the mantle. From then on, Yeshua began to proclaim, turn away from your sins, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He had the boldness of the Ruach HaKodesh as a prophet to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and to turn away from your sins and to walk in what the kingdom of heaven has presented. The next thing in uh, 4.19, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. Something else that he did is he pursued the calling that he saw in other people's lives. He pursued the calling that he saw in other people's lives to believe and to follow his example. What does that mean? Have you ever seen someone in a service and you knew that they were called? You knew that they had an anointing for healing or an anointing to speak or preach or teach or an anointing to do uh, you know, whatever it is that, that the gift of the Ruach is, has given them to do. Yeshua saw that in others, such as the disciples, and he called them to walking in their calling. Now, we're all called to be disciples of Yeshua, right? But he went alongside and he called the, the fishermen to come and follow Him because He knew that they would follow Him. They were called to follow Him as all of us are called to follow Him. In Matthew 5, we see that He preached the truth regarding the inward motives of man and not merely following, not merely, but also as far as following the law, following the Torah. 
He spoke to the inward man. One of the things that he spoke, we see there with the uh, Sermon on the Mount, that he said that we are salt and light, that we have a purpose. So he spoke and, and, and began to share what our purpose was in him, to be salt and light. He, he goes on to talk about not uh, doing away with the instructions, teaching, guidance, and correction of the Word. But that He came to feel full the Word. Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or seraph shall ever pass away from the Torah until all things come to pass. We're talking about how he modeled the mantle. He taught us how to overcome evil with good and to turn the other cheek and to love our enemies. How to live in humility even when we're giving and doing good. Chapter 6, he talks about trusting the process of God. Chapter 6, verse one, be aware, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you do, Sadaka, do not sound a trumpet before, before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street so that they may be glorified by men. Amen, I tell you. They have their reward in full. But when you do, Sadaka, do not let your hand your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your tzedakah may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You continue reading down chapter 6, and he talks about living in the secret place, or, or long, that we should long to live in the secret place of the Most High. He talks about forgiveness, Talks about building a firm foundation through understanding and walking in the teachings and the, and the direction that the Torah has given us. He talks about not, us not allowing ourselves to compare ourselves to other people because He has called us. He says, don't judge lest you be judged, right? Don't we also know that that means that we shouldn't judge ourselves? How many times have you heard people jokingly say, oh, I'm probably going to burn in hell? That's a form of judgment. I'm probably always going to be what I always have done and I'll always be what I've always been. That's a form of judgment. And it's speaking curses over your lives. We should learn or need to learn to be who God has called us to be. 
in our abilities, in our uh, giftings, in our callings. Who cares if I don't ever get up in front of a million people and preach and all of them come, uh, you know, to Yeshua in that moment? It may not be my calling at that very moment to do that. Who, who cares if someone can, can preach for five hours? Um, who cares if, if uh, someone has more money or has a better house or any of those type things? We should learn to be who we are in Yeshua or in the Ruach HaKodesh. So what are some other things that, that he did to model the mantle? He preached, we, he, or he taught, uh, he, he pursued others, he proclaimed that we should turn from our sins. Those are things that we see, those are the things that I see right out of the gate that he did under the mantle of the Ruach. Matthew 8 and 5. We see that under that mantle, he produced healing. Now, when Yeshua came to Capernaum, a centurion came begging for help. Master, he said, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, horribly tormented. And Yeshua said to him, I'll come in healing. But the centurion said, Master, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he doesn't. Now when Yeshua heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Amen, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Yeshua healed not only through the faith that he produced, but through faith that others had in the healing process or in healing immediately. See, sometimes when we pray for people, it's not just my faith or my understanding of the Word. It's that other people, that person believes as, as well, and so they can be healed. <laughs> this just kind of came to, came to mind and I've stated it differently uh, before and other times, maybe not publicly. But you know, when we get together and we worship together, I feel like there is a divine synergy that happens among us, a mingling of the presence of the Lord because of what He's done in our lives throughout the week. When we pray the prayer of faith, there's a mingling not, not, not a bad mingling. There, there, there's a coming together, an agreement of faith that's there. 
that helps produce the miracle that's needed. Under the, under the mantle, Yeshua produced healing and freedom through deliverance. Matthew 28. Uh, Matthew 8, 28. When he came to the other side, to the region of the Gadarenes, Gadarenes two demon-plagued men coming from the graveyard met him. They were so violent that no one could pass by that way. And they screamed, What's between you and us, being Elohim? Have you come here to torment us before the appointed time? Now a large herd of pigs was feeding some distance away from them. The demons kept begging him, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. They're unclean anyway. <laughs> that was my words. And he told them, go. So they went out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the cliff into the sea and drowned. The herdsmen ran away, went into town, and told everything, including what had happened to the demon-plagued men. The whole town came out to meet Yeshua. And when he, they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. Isn't that amazing? That the presence of Yeshua and the Ruach HaKodesh was so strong, the enemy begged, please leave. <laughs> There's a whole backside story of this. You know, pigs were, uh, you know, they're, they're unclean, but they're the garbage disposals and that type of thing. But somebody might have been running a business with the pigs, and all of a sudden Yeshua just ruined their whole business, right? They probably would be begging him, please leave, I don't want you to ruin any more of our business. So he produced healing and freedom through deliverance, because both happens in deliverance. Both happens in deliverance. Healing and you're delivered, and you're set free. That's part of what the modeling the mantle of the Ruach will do. Let's talk about forgiveness. Matthew chapter 9, and the authority to... Pardon sins is the, the, the title there, the heading. After getting into a boat, Yeshua crossed over and came to his own. Just then some people brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a cot. And seeing their faith, Yeshua said to the paralyzed man, Take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. I can stop right there. In our own lives... How difficult is it for us as human beings to forgive a wrong that has been set against us? It can be very difficult depending on the wrong. Depending on, this, on the abuse. Depending on 
whatever it was that happened. Especially if a root of bitterness is set up in someone and they absolutely, positively hate or want to murder that person for doing what they did to them. But who's the hardest person to forgive? Yourself. How could I be so stupid? How could I be so... You're, there you go again. There we go again. I've done it. I've said it. How could I be s- such an idiot? My wife says, I know how. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm showering myself with curses, speaking those things over me, right? The power to forgive. Now, Yeshua said to this man, your sins are forgiven. He says the same thing to us today. And when the Ruach HaKodesh is inside of us, He will dig up a root of bitterness if we allow Him to and set us free so that we can become free ourselves for not forgiving whoever it was that wronged us. That's something that only the Holy Spirit can do. Otherwise, I'd have killed a bunch of folks a long time ago. Sorry, that South Alabama coming out. (laughs) He proclaimed and gave authority over evil spirits, disease, and sickness to the twelve and to us also. Yeshua summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority. Sorry, Matthew 10, chapter, uh, verse 1. Yeshua summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits so they could drive them out and heal every kind of disease and sickness. I believe there are people who are called to deliverance ministry specifically but he's given us all the ability to drive away evil spirits. He's given all of us the ability to cast out, push out, push aside the unclean or evil spirits that are tormenting us or other people. That's what living under the mantle is. One of the things that we see that Yeshua did for us by modeling the mantle is He gave that authority. In Matthew 12, 25. Then a demon-plagued man who was blind and mute was brought to Yeshua And he healed him so that he spoke and saw. All the crowds were astonished and saying, This can't be Ben David, can it? But hearing this, the Pharisees said, This fellow drives out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Knowing their thoughts, Yeshua said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is destroyed. Every city or house divided against itself 
will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will this kingdom stand? We'll stop right there. I believe that this is one of the keys for us as his disciples to walking in dominion. If we're divided in ourselves, in our thoughts toward Yeshua, and who we believe, um, who He is, and who He was, and who He shall be, if we're divided in the Word, and it's not rightly divided, how are we going to have the power to even stand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Do you know the word denomination in the Greek means to divide? Why are there so many different denominations? Do you know why we are not as powerful a people together in Messiah today? It's because we're divided. I'm not going to pick on any denominations and call them out by name. We've been a part of, of several because we were searching, we were looking, we were trying to figure out where we fit and and and. And if these people believed in grace, but they didn't believe in the Holy Ghost, then, you know, they were wrong. Oh, no, wait, they're wrong. You know, uh, these people believe in the election of God. And so everyone else who doesn't believe in the election of God is wrong. And these people believe uh, that the only way to tell that you're filled with the Ruach HaKodesh is to speak in tongues. And that's going to always be the first sign. And why are we so divided and split when the word itself is not divided. I've said for a long time that if we as the people of God will come into agreement with the entirety of the word of God, we will not be a powerless kingdom. We will walk in the authority and the power and not be divided. Why? Because a house divided against itself, we just saw, will not stand. It's been one of my pet peeves for a really, 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 really long time. Let's figure out what we agree on. Agree on it. Stand on it. And march forward. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of the Lord. He proclaimed under the mantle of the Ruach the ruling power key right there. So what does that mean? That means that if I'm divided within myself, if my thoughts are divided against what His Word says, 
about what we even saw when he taught earlier uh, on the Sermon in the Mount to say that uh, you say thou shalt not murder, but I say if you have hate in your heart, then you've already done it. Rabbi talked about it last week. To have lust in your heart means that you've already committed adultery. What's that? A house divided. Now, does it mean that we're not going to be tempted? No, it doesn't mean that. Does temptation mean that we are in sin? No. It does not mean that. We have been given the power to pull down those thoughts. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. I'm going to turn over there really quickly if I can find it really quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, I'll just start reading with uh, verse 1. <clears throat> now I, Paul, appeal myself to you by the meekness and gentleness of Messiah. I, who am humble, when face to face with you, but bold towards you, when afar, I, I beg you, I beg of you that when I'm present, I won't need to be bold in the courage that I consider showing against some who judge us as walking in the flesh. For the, here's, the, here's the part. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful through God for the tearing down of strongholds. We are tearing down false arguments in every high-minded thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Messiah, ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. I really didn't plan on going here, but I'm going to... But I am. So a house divided against itself can't stand. So what happens when temptation or something comes into to our minds and to our thought life to go against the Word? We say, this is not like formulamatic, I guess, but it's worked for me. I say, no. You stop right there. This thought is not in accordance with the Word of God. I pull you down in the name of Yeshua and I command you by His authority and His power and His blood to leave now. What did I just do? I just punished a spirit of disobedience or the flesh because it wants to be disobedient always. Does your flesh always want to do the Word of God? No. Where does temptation come from? It's going to come from there to begin with. People say, oh, well, the devil was tempting me. The devil ain't tempting you. It's our own sinful nature. It's our own sinful ways. I tell my kids, hey, the less crap that you get into in your young life, as far as partying and sin and uh, you know, wild things that they do in college, the better off you are. You know why? Because they're not going to come back to try to haunt you to get you to go back to that lifestyle again. Because once you've tasted of certain things, 
and it's not time, especially in the, in the area of, of sex, then you know, you're going to want those things to continue. There's a time and a place for that. When? When you're married. When you have a covenant with somebody. That's just one example. So a way not to be divided against ourselves and learning how to overcome that is pull down those thoughts. Tear down those strongholds. Tear down those high places that, that, uh, that build themselves up against the knowledge of God in your life. The other thing is read the Word. If we don't know the rules of the game, then we can't effectively play the game. That's not saying that, that the Word of God is a game. But the enemy is going to toy with you. The flesh is going to try to come against you. Right? Anybody here not ever been tempted? I just want to see. Okay, you're a liar and you're going to hell. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everyone, right. Spirit of judgment. There again. Sorry. All right. So That's right. Uh, for those of you who didn't hear it, she just rebuked me in the name of Yeshua. I received it and we're all good now. I forgive you. The mantle of the Ruach has just been displayed. <laughs> but seriously... Don't be divided. All right. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How about me and, and this temple, this body? We will serve the Lord. What has Yeshua taught us to do? He's taught us to stand on the promises Stand on His provision. Uh, be steadfast in prayer. To stand on, on being persistent. And to retain the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. You know that we're all managers, right? Just as the mantle has been given to us, we are also in charge of being managers of our own life. I didn't say in control of our own lives. Don't get it confused. We still have to manage those temptations in this flesh. We must rely on the Ruach for strength to stand and to overcome temptation. How about the power to overcome temptation even amongst persecution? Let's look at Matthew uh, 26, 59. Now the ruling Kohanim and all the Sanhedrin kept trying to get false testimony against Yeshua so they could put Him to death. But they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, at last two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able, able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. 
the Kohen Gadol stood up and said to Yeshua, Have you no answer? What's this they're testifying against you? But Yeshua kept silent. Don't you know that that is one way to overcome temptation in the midst of persecution? He's given us the ability to even keep our mouths shut. He's given you the ability. The Kohen Gadol said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are Mashiach bin Elohim. As you have said, replied Yeshua, besides that, I tell you, soon after you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds. And then they all got mad and tore their clothes and said, this is blasphemy. And they pronounced, pronounced him... Uh, Guilty, and they proceed on with uh, pushing Yeshua towards the stake. Of course, he laid his own life down, but he's given us the power to overcome temptation, even within persecution, and we saw it in his life. How many times did we see the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of that day trying to catch him in a snare, trying to get him to... Uh, say something that was going to uh, cause him to be stoned or, or whatever. He always knew what to do in, the, in that moment of temptation. And he's given us the same power within the realm of persecution. Talked about temptation of the flesh, talking about temptation when we know we're going to be persecuted. Don't you know that Yeshua said that if you follow me and you do what I say do, then you will be persecuted? But we run from it. In the United States anyway. Not everybody, but our fleshly nature certainly wants to run from persecution. But he's given us the ability to stand, and we saw that mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh on Yeshua to be able to stand. <clears throat> Do we really know that that same power that raised him from the dead also resides in us? Think about when Yeshua was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he'd been in the tomb for three days. And he is, everyone around him is upset. And the words that he says are, don't you know that I am the resurrection and the life? And he, and he calls Lazarus out of the tomb. That same resurrection power to raise the dead exists. It is real. And I'm not just talking about the dead things in our life. 
I could, I, 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 I could schmooze this over and I could you know, make it all pretty and all that type of thing and talk about all the dead things in our life that should come back and be living. But there is a very real resurrection power of the Ruach HaKodesh that lives in us. And just as He raised people from the dead, we also can raise people from the dead. I'm talking about a literal raising from the dead. The power to produce miracles. We also saw that He had the power to make, make disciples. We may not think that that is a miracle-ish, but when people want what you want uh, because they see that it's good and they want to follow after uh, the same thing that, that you're doing, especially when it involves Yeshua, that's a miracle. All right, so... In Galatians 5.13, it talks about if we walk in... If we walk in, I'll read it, Galatians 5. Galatians 5.13 says, Brothers and sisters, you were called to freedom. Where does freedom come? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is liberty, there is freedom. Brothers and sisters, you were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the flesh. But, th but through love, serve one another. For the whole Torah can be summed up in a single way. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you, if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not destroyed by one another. But I say, walk by the Ruach and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Ruach, but the Ruach sets its desire against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you cannot do what you want. But if you are led by the Ruach, and he goes on to talk about, he says, you're not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are clear. And then he goes through and he talks about the deeds of the flesh. We've talked about that a little bit. If you walk in the Spirit, your propensity for following the law becomes greater. He doesn't mean there you're not under the law if you've got the Holy Ghost in your life. That same power that Yeshua, that same mantle that Yeshua walked in, we also can walk in. When we walk in the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh, there's a profound presence of the overshadowing to walk and commune with the Lord daily. I can't tell you how many times when, I've, when, when I have been uh, 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 at work, welding machines is a big issue. So you can go and set up your welding machine and have it all ready and then go to the bathroom and come back and that joker is gone. 
because someone else has work that they think is more important than yours, and so they're going to steal it. I can't tell you when I have seen a machine, you know, wrapped up or whatever, and I go to get, grab that machine, it doesn't appear that anyone is going to be using it, to grab that machine, and the Lord say, thou shalt not steal. I'm not stealing. This is, this is the property of my company. And then all of a sudden, somebody come up to me and say, hey man, that's, you know, I, I just sat that over here. What would that have done? That would have messed up the character that the Lord is trying to establish in front of other people in my life at work. You follow that? Let's try. That would have been something to destroy a testimony. When we see and we walk under the inspiration, under the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh, we can hear the word of the Lord come to our minds reminding us to follow the Torah, to do what God has commanded us to do. The baptism of the Ruach and the fire produces the power to proclaim and produce our God-given purpose which is to dwell in His presence through the indwelling of the Ruach HaKodesh, pushing and pursuing us to produce fruit that is good for love. So that we can love Him, love others, and love ourselves. We're running short on time. I had a bunch of other stuff that I was going to going to say, but I am going to say this. I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians. I've talked about some, a little bit of miracles that we may or may not think are miracles and, and uh, Yeshua walking in, in the mantle and, and us walking in the mantle. Yes, he, he healed, He opened blinded eyes and we can do that. And, and he, uh, he, he made the lame walk again. And we also have that same ability. Um, he, he continued to perform creative miracle after creative miracle and walk in those. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, you can do all of these miracles. You can have every... He doesn't say it like this. I'm going to say it like this. You can walk in every majestic, powerful proclamation that the Lord has given you. You can heal thousands of people and you can do all these things. But if you don't have love, it's a bunch of noise. We've been in Pentecostal and charismatic churches. We've, we've been those people. And we've seen people slain in the Spirit. And we've seen people speak in tongues. And we've seen people healed and delivered in services right there. And I've also seen some of those people walk off and be the biggest jerks that I've ever met in my entire life. You know what that made me want to do? It made me want to run to God. No, not at all. 
It, it made me look at that person and go, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that jerk. The things that we've talked about tonight that Yeshua did that we saw when He first was under the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh are things that He taught us about how to live. And what we're to proclaim. We can walk in gifts and that kind of stuff, but if our character sucks, then what difference does it make? If our holiness is not holy, what difference does it make? If people don't see the light of Messiah in our lives, and we're proclaiming uh, you know, miracles and signs and wonders, if we're praying for miracles and signs and wonders in our synagogue amongst our people, and we don't have our character and our holiness and all those things lined up first, what difference does it make? To me, walking in the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh is going to change our lives and change our character. I would rather see the face of God than only see the hand of God. What I mean by that is I would rather be seeking His face and me, myself, never see a prayer where I lay hands on somebody and they're healed instantly and they walk away and nobody's changed. Oh, it was 1 Corinthians 13. 12 talks about the gifts. 13, he says, if I have all these gifts, then it doesn't prosper. And then he describes love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not brag. It is not puffed up. It does not behave inappropriately. It does not seek its own way. It's not provoked. It keeps no account of wrong. It does not rejoice over injustice, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they'll pass away. Tongues, they'll cease. Where there's knowledge, it'll pass away. So we see all of these, all of these areas where Paul is going back and saying the same thing. Let our love line up with the love of God. One of the scariest verses, and I'm almost done, I promise. One of the scariest verses in the, in the whole Brit Kadashah is Matthew 7, 22. Well, let's start with 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name? Then 
I will declare to them, I never knew you. Get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. They didn't follow the law. They performed miracles. They cast out demons. They prophesied. But they didn't follow the law. They didn't, they, they didn't want the correction and the direction and the teaching and the instruction of the Torah. They didn't want the, the, the character that the Lord is building in us through His Holy Spirit, His Ruach HaKodesh. That's what He's building. That's what He's doing. Yes, miracles are important. They build our faith. They build an unbeliever's faith. They build a believer's faith. And they should be things that we are regularly seeing. And not just in services, but when we're out and about. Why? Because there are people at Walmart who need a touch from God. I didn't mean the people of Walmart. I just said... <laughs> Although they probably need a touch too. But what I'm saying is, is everywhere that we go, the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh is in us. That same baptism and with fire is dwelling in us. We need to walk in those things and experience Him daily and be in the presence daily. It's available every single day. The mercies of God are new every single day. And we can boldly, boldly approach the throne of grace, make our petitions known to Him, and understand that He answers our prayer. And we are in His presence. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for being willing to mentor us and to teach us and to guide us and direct us in your presence and in your word. I thank you that we see that Yeshua proclaimed your word and, and he, he taught your word and he, he's teaching us to, to trust your process along the way. And these are all things that we all can walk in under the mantle of the Ruach HaKodesh. Thank you, Yeshua, for walking in that mantle and for showing us the way by being a living example of who our Father is. I pray, Father, that everyone, under the sound of my voice, will understand as you continue to help me understand too that every single day we have a choice to walk out the mantle because we will do and can do greater things than even He did with us receiving the double portion. Help us to walk in the light as He is in the light. 
I pray, Father, that we will be the burning ones with a holy passion and desire to be filled with the fire of God to walk out every single day your purposes in our lives. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, I thank you and I pray. Amen.